0: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Totters and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. Have they impeached him yet? Who? What? We, we, we still can't even in, in, do an impeachment, right? We will here.
1: not stand for this tyranny, Steve. <sighs>
0: Something must be done. Or not. 888 is the number here on the Steve Dace radio program. 888 900 at Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. Last name is D-E-A-C-E. Try. And we do want to emphasize try. Liking us on Facebook. Give it a shot. Probably won't work, but maybe you'll get lucky. Uh, We're shadow banned there, apparently. Uh, So uh, our name, you know, they've had all these conversations with conservative leaders recently over at Facebook. Apparently our name hasn't come up yet. So if anybody here at the Blaze has had those meetings, if you could kindly mention that we have added approximately 11 Facebook likes. That many? In two damn years. (laughs) That's that's literally what the number is. Okay? If someone could mention that, that'd be doing us a solid Peace out. Thank you. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. at least until we are shadow banned there as well. Fun show coming up for you today. I know a lot of you, well, actually, it hasn't been a lot of you. It's been a very vocal minority, and the rest of you will be annoyed. But we're going to serve the very vocal minority. like that, Branding? <laughs> that's true news. Yes, that's keeping it real right here on the show. Uh, we thought about... Serving a very vocal minority as the title for the program. But alas, servingaveryvocalminority.com was already taken, so we just went with my name instead. Uh, but we are going to serve a very vocal minority that has been waiting for our thoughts on the latest Star Wars movie and arguably the greatest pop culture force of nature in American history. Where, where does this franchise go from here? We're going to discuss that finally. Next hour during Pop Culture Tuesday, our very first one of 2020. How many times have you guys seen the movie? I've seen it three times. The I've Rise seen it of Skywalker. Once. You've seen it once. Yeah.
1: You've seen it once. Once, and that's the only time I'll ever pay for it. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> so I, there's a preview. All
1: right. I'm actually amazed you're, even though seeing it three times that you're going to go forward to this. I thought you might have just kind of like put it in a drawer and said, "That's enough of this." No, it
0: would, it would feel like this is a loop that has to be closed. Okay. Don't you think so? I, I, I'm looking forward yeah, I, to it. I think it's a loop that has to be closed. Okay. We'll, um, we'll see how that goes. Is it going to close?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> At the bottom of the hour, we'll have some fake news or not, starring yours truly. It's like the fourth or fifth year in a row. C SPAN has had me on New Year's Day. And I was on again this year. You just scream happy new year. Yes. I mean, because clearly they want to start the new year off. Light and fluffy, they invite me on. Almost every year, and I, I keep telling him, you know, I have like a satellite uplink here at my studio. I, I I could do this more often, and it's just like, no, you're the you're the New Year's Day guy. We just we, we bring you in on New Year's Day, check you that just, box for the year. You check that box for the year. Let you drop a couple of stink bricks all over our audience, and all right, same time next year. All right, so we're gonna let you see some of the clips. They t- this is only supposed to be like a four minute hit. It, it was like 10 minutes the
1: regular viewers
0: there know who you are
1: did you see on Twitter like oh this guy again it yes. was fantastic <laughs> yeah
0: this they do this yeah. it, it's like I am their new years you know uh, you are the lowest form of life on earth like I, I, I'm brought in for like the new years pep talk every year alright drop and give me 20 right now you both suck now All right. So we're going to give you some of those clips and uh, Todd and Aaron will get to decide if if I was fake news or not. All that coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that fun and frivolity, here is Aaron's rundown of what
2: happened while we were away. What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by God Bless America. According to Worldometers, a group that tabulates global statistics on baby killing, about 40% of pregnancies in the United States ended in abortion last year. That's about 3,000 every day. 42.5 million lives were ended globally due to the practice known as abortion. This news comes after a visibly pregnant actress named Michelle Williams said this while accepting an award at the Golden Globes the other night. On that cheerful note, on to the rest of the montage, Bernie Sanders compared President Trump to Vladimir Putin assassinating his political dissidents after the U.S. killed Iranian General Qasim Soleimani. This guy was as bad as he was an official of the Iranian government. And you unleash. Then, if China does that, you know, if Russia does that, you know, Russia has been implicated under Putin with assassinating dissidents. So once you're in the Business of assassination, you unleash some very, very terrible forces. Defense Secretary Mark Esper had to scramble yesterday after a letter was leaked purportedly saying the U.S. was pulling out of Iraq. The memo was circulated widely on social media before Esper said the United States is not, in fact, pulling out of Iraq. Apparently, the memo was signed by some random brigadier general and was a mistake. Meanwhile, ABC News' Martha Raddatz reported breathlessly from Tehran, Iran.
0: The crowds are massive and emotional. There are many
2: tears here, many signs with Soleimani's picture on them. But the message is also very clear. These people want revenge. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is the enemy of the people.
1: El enemigo del pueblo.
2: Jane Fonda, whoever that is, has some interesting words on global warming. There were all these young students that were sacrificing a lot and working so hard, <laughs> You know, I've spent a lot of time now with these young students and they're scared. And, and, they're, and a lot of young people are even suffering from, they're calling it extinction illness. And I just felt I wasn't doing enough. Of course, this comes at a time when Australia's government has been criticized for not adequately addressing global warming, which critics say have led to the massive wildfires across the land down under. Are you absolutely sure that this is climate change caused? Yes, I'm absolutely certain the science is telling us this. It's telling us that these extreme heat conditions we've seen this year might occur naturally once every 350 years. But once you add the influence of the human emitted greenhouse gases, we're likely to see those conditions once every eight years. In completely unrelated news, more than two dozen have been charged in Australia with deliberately starting those wildfires. Back stateside, Joe Biden shares his thoughts on Obamacare.
0: Look. There's two ways people know when something is important. One, when it's so clear when it's passed that everybody understands it and no one did understand Obamacare, including the way it was rolled out. And the gentleman's right. He said you could keep your doctor if you wanted to and you couldn't keep your doctor if you wanted to necessarily. He's dead right about that.
2: 60 Minutes interviewed famed forensics expert Michael Bodden about the alleged suicide of sex predator Jeffrey Epstein.
0: There were fractures of the left the right thyroid cartilage, and the left hyoid bone.
1: This is an autopsy photo of Epstein's broken hyoid bone, a U-shaped bone that sits under the jaw that part of the tongue attaches to. The thyroid cartilage sits at the front of the neck.
2: I have never seen three fractures like this in a suicidal hanging. Sometimes there's a fracture of the hyoid bone, or a
0: fracture of the thyroid cartilage.
1: And not three.
0: Very unusual to have two, mm-hmm.
2: and not three. And going over, over a thousand jail hangings, suicides, in the New York City state prisons over the past 40, 50 years, no one had three fractures. New York Post headline, human Ken doll Rodrigo Alves comes out as transgender, now identifies with Barbie. Daily Mirror headline Transgender man gives birth to non binary partner's baby with female sperm donor. Checking in on prosperity gospel hack, Jim Baker.
0: Trump is a test
2: whether you're even saved. Mm. <laughs> Only saved people can love Trump. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, you got to be really saved. You got to forgive. You got to be able to forgive. You forgive
2: when you're saved. And finally, in case you missed it, here's the hilarious footage of Ayatollah Khomeini crying like a baby after one of his generals was killed.
1: And
2: that's what happened while we were away.
0: Wow. I mean, I, I I am exhausted. That that's that's all happened just in the the recent news cycle. Recent, yes. You should see the cutting room floor. It's the second day we've been on the air.
2: Oh, I, mean, I, I left. Stuff. I left two I, I or three stories on the cutting room. I mean, floor, I yeah.
0: I am just aghast. I I mean that is. I I want to I want to pacifier after watching that and get under a blanket. I mean, wow. Twenty twenty, y'all. It's already off. To a rousing beginning. We're gonna we're gonna talk more about what Michael Baden had to say on 60 Minutes over the weekend about the suicide of Jeffrey Epstein. That wasn't a was suicide because Jeffrey Epstein, we all know, didn't kill himself. So we're gonna talk more about that today. Um, and we're gonna try to actually talk about it seriously, although it's increasingly difficult because this is such an obvious lie. And everybody that continues to maintain it is so obviously lying, lying about it, that it's just it, at some point, you just can only laugh. But we will attempt to have some serious analysis about it later today on our overtime, which you can access as a Blaze TV subscriber. BlazeTV.com slash DACE. If you're not yet one, today's a great day opportunity to take advantage of my name to get a discount when you go to blazeTV.com slash DACE. And you'll get access to today's Overtime as well as all of the other exclusive content we do each day here at Blaze TV. But let's get to the rest of what Aaron uh, put in the montage today. I'm old enough to remember when Martha Raddatz, when, when she was the moderator for a presidential debate. Do you remember that? I do. That At was some only, point, yes. That, I think that was. That, I think that was Bush Kerry. I want to say. That 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 she moderated one of those debates back then. She has been um, working in the media for many years and a biased hack, while doing so for many years. But I repeat myself. I, I got to do something about that. That's my New Year's resolution to you know, stop uh, taking. Um, uh, Notes from the department of redundancy to department and just putting them out there on the air but Here she is walking down the streets of tehran You know Every year about this time There's thousands upon thousands of people Right there on the mall in washington Every year it's called the march for life shiver taking a I don't know, an Uber, a stroll? Down to the wall, down to the mall there in Washington and she probably, certain, and, and, and witness the passion and fervor and emotion of the protesters here in her own country by any chance.
1: She couldn't find her head covering that day, Steve.
0: Indeed. <laughs> so if you are anxious to broadcast about state orchestrated, state run, and state mandated demonstrations in Iran. But you ignored, over the last several years, the several massive demonstrations that have been in the streets of Tehran where people have voluntarily risked their lives to protest the oppression of the Ayatollahs and men like the one we rightly killed the other day. But you ignored those protests. You're not biased. You're not terrible at your job. You're just terrible as a human being you're just terrible you are a wanton mouthpiece for evil that's that's what you are you're you're not corrupt you're not biased those 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 terms don't do what you are justice you are hashtag enemy of the people that's what you are
1: i approve this message
0: that, that is what you are. This, this isn't ideological. This isn't even, um, you know, when we were kids, we would we would see the fawning interviews with Gorbachev and Ortega in, in Nicaragua, right? Well, let's at least hear him out. Hear what he has to say. No, this isn't. Th- that's what bias looks like, okay? You are volunteer- volunteering here to be a, a Garibals. That's what you're volunteering to do. You're you're signing up for this. And I don't believe you're a pawn, and I don't believe you're dumb. I believe you know fully what you're doing. Like I I can see a Lester Holt during the last Olympics struggling to come up with something giving him the maximum benefit of the doubt. Mer, you know, our worldview says that mercy triumphs over judgment, right? Sure. Sure. Mercy does triumph over judgment. doesn't say that there there isn't any judgment. There does come a point in time when you have exhausted the mercy and judgment, therefore, must come. Or as you like to say, Todd, the excommunications will continue until morale improves. Indeed, I do. Okay? So, giving Lester Holt the maximum benefit of the doubt. You're struggling to come up with something. Something. To 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 not look like you're just doing American jingoistic media from Pyongyang during the last Olympics over there in North Korea. Yes, I know the Olympics were in South Korea, but remember the big star was his, the murderous sister of the North Korean regime and and the women right out of the rape rooms who looked just uh, spectacular in their red get-ups, right? Correct. Okay. And you're, you're, you know, I want to be, a, I'm trying to be some form of a journalist here. So I'm going to mention how colorful the architecture is. Remember how we just, and that's just, that is, that is just laughable Caesar Flickerman kind of stuff right out of the Hunger Games, right? Where like you're watching children dismember each other for the Capitol and you're like, can you guys notice the sequins on that, on that, on that hammer over there? I mean, just stunning the color, the tapestry of the colors, right? Yes. That's, 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 that's bias. That's what that is. I mean, Lester Hole was just doing your flat out run of the mill, just swallow my own vomit bias. What you see in that clip from Martha Raddatz, she's a traitor. I don't use that term lightly. And I want to let it simmer for a minute. Anybody tell me, am I, is that over the top? Nope. That's Tokyo Rose stuff is what that is. She's a traitor to her country. And to the First Amendment, that gives her the right to even say or do anything at all in her line of work. That's an enemy of the people, is what that is. And, I, and while we are not focused on our show anymore in fact-checking these people, I wanted to spend a few minutes with uh, discussing her and, and what she did yesterday to illustrate to you why. There's no point in fact-checking. The truth is chloroformed. She is why
1: you assume you're being lied
0: to. Yes, yes, yes. There, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to, 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 to fact-check Iran. Would you fact-check Iran? Would you fact-check hell? But again, I repeat myself. no. this doesn't need to be fact-checked. It needs to be defeated because it is trying to defeat you. It's trying to defeat you. What you see right there is... Is she still with CBS News? Is that who she's still with? ABC. ABC now? Okay. Maybe she's always been with ABC. I don't know. The letters run together. But what you see is that ABC News has more benefit of the doubt for the high command of Iran than they do most of the population of this country. That is Tokyo Rose, and it's traitorous, is what it is.
1: Fun, f- Quick fun fact. She could have been... Uh... On the streets of Hollywood, though, yesterday, pretty much saying it's the same got, thing about your face. The yep. They
0: want revenge. Yes, yes, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Um, Bernie Sanders. If I, if my prediction from yesterday that he's going to be the Democratic nominee is true, and make sure it's actually this way because it's backwards to you, right? Forty. Trump could win forty states because you going to say stuff like that the entire time. 'Cause it's who he is and what he believes. He's their Jeremy Corbyn. And I should have said this yesterday during the prediction segment. The the leftists in America have been dying dying to follow in the footsteps of Western Europe for decades. He's their Jeremy Corbyn. It's the it's the ultimate zeitgeist play. It's where they've been headed the entire time, anyway. So why not just go fully with it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's where they've been headed the entire time anyway. So why not just go fully with it? And he's going to say stuff like that the whole time. And you're going to find out that there's not as many conservatives as we thought there were. That's why we've got to go into evangelism mode as a movement. But you're also going to find out there's not nearly as many communists as they believe there are. That's what you're going to find out. And we're going to learn, if he's the nominee, you're going to learn how many states are truly winnable for a Republican. Not how many are difficult to win or how many are unlikely, but like just not, you're going to, you're going to find out what's just no contest. Not, don't, don't even bother with, because those are going to be the only places he's going to win. California, Vermont, New York, Illinois, California, Vermont, New York, Illinois, there's four, Massachusetts. You might not be able to get
1: 10 states.
0: And and, and, okay. Connecticut, six, Delaware, seven, Rhode Island, eight. I don't know that I would guarantee that New Jersey would not be in play. I don't know that I would guarantee that you have a, a, you do have a a large home of Chris Christie blue, blue. Yeah. I could see the state that, and Chris Christie's no conservative by any stretch. He's also not this. He's not this. He's not an enemy of America. He's just wrong on a bunch of stuff. Chris Christie is what the Democratic Party was when you and I were growing up, Todd, except for foreign policy. That's it. That's, where, that's what he is. I, I would think New Jersey at least would be a state that would be within single digits. You're going you're gonna to learn what states just to not even bother with if he's the nominee. What just has just been have given themselves totally over to the leftist leviathan? I just and that brings me to the thing yesterday with the letter about pulling out of Iraq. What is our official show position on four D chess? Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist, and I'm not changing that. Okay. But I do have a theory. Because this would be an art of the deal move. Not 4D chess, but this would be an art of the deal move. You take some, hey man, we have been paying your freight as a country since 2003. We get rid of a guy that has killed a whole bunch of your people in the last 10 years and you repay us With some resolution vote about how you want us to leave in your legislature, in your parliament? Okay. Let's just leak a letter out there. We're pulling out. We're out of here. Have a nice life. See you on the flip side. Enjoy fighting. Enjoy you Sunnis fighting off the Shiites and vice versa all by yourselves. Enjoy your sectarian violence. We'll be over here patiently waiting for one of you guys to mess with us again so we'll do you like we did the Iranian high command over the weekend. Now I think that is absolutely as likely as this got leaked in error. But that is an that is an art of the deal kind of play. Am I way off on that? No, it is still highly likely that they just butchered it's, this. That, thing it's but, absolutely but, just. I, I, I wholly but, agree with that. But, I do. Okay, I agree. This, but is, this is. This, this is how you, how this is, that would be an art of the deal play. Okay, cool. You know, we'll just leak it out there then that we're leaving and, you know, and and then we'll just lie because we also know Trump has no problem being dishonest to get his way. Right. So just leak out, leak that out there to make a statement, watch you guys wet yourselves and then come back and say a few minutes later, Oh, just a mistake. Our bad, you know, and people will buy into it because let's face it, we've had some of those bumbling leaks anyway. They'll just believe it anyway. I could see this absolutely being a purposeful leak yesterday. Thoughts on that?
1: No, I I don't disagree. And
0: now again, I I I I want to reiterate. I think it's every bit as likely this was just a another snafu, but it is. It does have the the. it, It at least has the whiff of the of the kind of stuff Donald Trump it is, is has done in the past.
1: And it would be a sign that he's learned something from dealing with progressives and impeachment, the constant virtue signaling. I mean, he it was just a couple months ago he said, "Can we get on with this impeachment already?" You know, really? Cuz he calls their bluff and he, and makes them uh, truly show whether these people are prepared to go. And we know with the progressives, as you started off the show, how's that impeachment going? Did it ever really Mm have? I mean, we're in tree. Does a tree make a sound if it falls in the forest and no one's there territory regarding this impeachment thing? And he's learning.
0: I hope. I hope that he's also learning that this is the same approach that needs to be taken with North Korea. The exact same approach. That fawning and fellatio has gotten us at absolutely nowhere. And I'm hoping that he will learn that this is a similar approach that needs to be taken with that regime.
1: Prepare for disappointment. It's kind of his jam.
2: Maybe he'll have more flexibility after the election. Gosh, I hate Aaron, you guys.
1: Aaron's so great.
0: <laughs> I see what you did there. Aaron voice. Yeah. little Obama <laughs> reference there. Speaking of which, um, now, you, you know Joe Biden... His his campaign in Iowa, you how do you know it's desperate because he's now telling you the truth yeah. ten years later, he's now telling you the truth about Obamacare. Nobody did understand it, and no you couldn't keep your current doctor so the the whole rationale for his candidacy, right is that he was Obama's vP you know, highly successful by their viewpoint, Democratic administration, and this is a return to the era of good feelings, right? Nostalgia, right? And he takes the signature achievement. Yes. That's named. And, and, yep. and, and just impales himself. Yes. <laughs> I, was I mean, can you imagine cigarette. if he is the nominee? Whatever, you, Whatever the Trump campaign is paying messaging operatives in 2020, it's way too much. You just simply need to run that clip. You've got, I mean, they are pooping money at the Trump campaign right now. I mean, just set aside a couple hundred million in in the 20 states you want to target and just run that into oblivion, man. That very clip, that's all you have to do. You, You want to revisit if he's going to finish in the top three? See that, because here's what it goes to as well. The only reason I would put up with another straight white male in this environment, if I'm one of those lefties, is I I need to use you. I, you know, we had to use you 10 years ago to, you know, we thought we did, to you know, make white America think it was okay to vote for a black presidential candidate. So we go get the old white guy who's been there in the stately position, right? We were, that was the kind of the left's position with him as the VP to begin with, right? Right. Well, we're willing to use you one more time because we also know that you can't do the job. So we're going to be the ones really calling the shots anyway from behind the scenes. So we throw you out there while we're the phantom menace here behind the veil. We throw you out there because you're the pathway to electability, right? Yes. Well, if what killed Elizabeth Warren and all of her momentum? What killed it? Honesty. Honesty. Yeah, here's my my 7,000 page white paper on Medicare for all. That will, that will put in writing how I'm going to sodomize every single American consumer I can get my hands on. It destroyed her as a candidate. And now he wants to go out there and say, well, nobody understood it and you couldn't keep your doctor. Anyway, Iowa caucus is February 3rd. What's up? I mean, I just... The long-standing de- official definition of GAF on this program is... When a politician opens their mouths and the unvarnished truth comes out and boy, howdy, that was a doozy of a gaffe. Um, I shouldn't have to say this, but I, 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 I'm, I'm going to,
1: that also could be the title of the show. (laughs) I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm
0: going to Jim Baker's a false teacher. And, and literally nothing he said is true. literally nothing. unless he is now admitting he preaches a different religion than Christianity. If he's admitting that, then I, I have no idea what f- his false religions tests for salvation, which it can't really offer anyway happen to be, but i'll I'll certainly defer to him on the doctrines of demons. but no, you're 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 standing. On Donald Trump, your level of adulation for him in no way, shape, or form dictates your standing in the kingdom of heaven. Okay.
1: He's just a progressive now. What he said is if if yes. you if you believe in forgiveness, you will believe anything. That's what he just told you that. That's what progressives do.
0: Well, the idea that you ultimately your standing of salvation is found by your allegiance to some. Worldly or figure or some form of government—that's also that's statism. That's He'd, also what. Pete
1: Buttigieg may have been sitting off-screen
0: while he was talking. Ooh, that's—I'm going to let that stand as the last word. I like that. We'll come back. Fake news or not is next. <laughs> And we're back here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. It is time for the first time in 2020 to play our weekly game known as Fake News or Not. And I thought it would be self-serving. I'm sorry, Sisson. Um, uh, um, I thought it would it would be it would set the right tone from an accountability standpoint. Did you like that?
1: Hey, man, I'm just here for the coattails. So self-serving is good. <laughs>
0: Uh, more honesty Um, we are you know we we like to hold ourselves to the same standard that we hold uh, everybody else to we don't mind accountability on this show so I thought it would be only fair if we started off the year with fake news or not featuring yours truly you guys okay with that let's do it All right. so on New Year's Day they've done this the last few years in a row now Uh, C-SPAN Skypes me in uh, a New Year's Day morning from my house uh, and we just commiserate uh, for a good 10 minutes.
2: Aaron, you have selected three clips from this appearance, correct? That is correct, and if you want, you can go on our uh, Steve Day Show page over on Facebook. It's the Steve Day Show page. That's and the
0: one that's not shadow banned. That, My page is shadow banned. Mm, You're not sure I think the other sure, one might be too? Not sure about okay. that anymore.
2: The full thing will be up there later on, uh, probably this morning.
0: Because so. that's the page that got to like 40,000 likes in like a week. Yeah. Where is it at now? 40,000. Okay, then. (laughs) So the trick, at least I know I'm not being picked on. Well, I am, but just not in one area. All right. So uh, Aaron has selected three clips from that appearance on C-SPAN. We're going to watch each of them. And then uh, Todd and Aaron, you guys are going to decide is that fake news or not? Here's number one. Pessimism or unsureness. Where do you stand? I'm optimistic that I'm not going to run out of material this year and pessimistic at what that material is going to be. And your last caller is a great example of that. He claims he has some kind of moral high ground that now all these people on the right are against the intelligence agencies because Trump is. But then where is the self-awareness? Because those same intelligence agencies 15 years ago were telling us that Iraq had WMDs and we had to preemptively strike. We went in there, didn't get any WMDs. And those same leftists were calling shows like yours and saying Bush lied and people died. And so what we're going to get is tribalism on steroids Everything if you want to know what the Republicans are gonna say about impeachment now, just re-rack what Democrats said twenty years ago. And if you want to know what the Democrats are gonna say, re rack what the Republicans said twenty years ago. And it's the same thing on in intelligence agencies and everything else. It's just going to be tribalism on steroids. And if you're looking for if you're looking for punchlines as I am, it's going to be glorious. Todd, your thoughts. Fake news or not?
1: Oh, that's true news. Of course, it's uh, true news. Uh, now that's a show you you may have said something pretty close to the same thing one year ago because that's 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 nothing new for our, our analysis. What we think, uh, what we believe. Uh, I mean, really, this is what we've been looking at each other ever since 2016 and saying, you know, next year you realize it's even going to be mm-hmm. worse. And it's it's what you said yesterday about you you. They've been throwing out this progressive nonsense for a long time with really no hope, but they're they're true believers and thus they can't help themselves.
0: It's in the offing now. I, I mean, mean it's you see right that the, you, you, there. You see that in the Jane Fonda clip that yeah. Aaron had in his montage. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm talking to these college kids and they have climate change related illnesses. Um, I I I can give you the cure for that. Uh, it's what the great uh, man Hank Hill once said. Oh, monkey daddy, the backside of
2: your ass. I mean, maybe can, can, I think a good cure would be getting drafted into World War III. But that's just me. You
0: no, know, I can't even imagine coming home. It, it, even if I had a good dad, pops, I don't. I don't know if I can bag groceries at, at Dolls or Hy-Vee today uh, or whatever oh. jobs I had. I, I don't. I don't know if I can show up for football or basketball practice. I've got a climate change related illness. I mean, that would be a beating well-deserved and that a court in this land would convict them for it. Amen? Oh, yes.
1: And we have daughters for the most part. Your son's a little too young yet to reach the point. But my oldest daughters, and I'd imagine yours, even though, you know, different worlds, and you talked about some of the issues in terms of, you know, generation gap, but one of my most satisfying moments is when my daughters come across nonsense like they're talking about and they just give that sticker like that's so stupid i've like i've done my work as a father you must feel the same way with your oldest daughter because she's yeah. so much like you when she just flat out calls yeah she
0: she, she even rebels the way that i re- yeah. would, would, would rebel but i mean like during the last presidential cycle we were sitting at the dinner table one day and and she's like how can bernie sanders offer free college is is everybody just all the professors and everybody's going to show up to work for nothing it was like
2: Yes, yeah, Aaron. Fake news or not? Uh, that is not fake news, and it's it's music to my ears because, as y'all know, I mean, yesterday I said it as much. Sometimes it just seems as if, and I think it's probably true, that the truth might just be unattainable in in some respects. So all that we're left with is laughter, uh, Ricky Gervais style. So the punchlines, I'm here for that. I'm all in it for that. Uh, along the lines of what Todd said, and you know, writing your coattails too, but but the laughs too. That's that's what I'm here
0: for. That, that, you know what? That that's great analysis. In the end, that may be in the civic arena, in the media civic arena. That may be all that's left. Just full bore Bullworth, Ricky Gervais. Just and and we and we both know I'm right, and and you're going to hate me for saying it. And and you're going to end up getting rid of me for saying it, but I'm going to make sure I say it all on my way out the door. Right? I'm proud of you. Yeah. Next clip. Uh, one more question on this. Then the Christianity Today piece that came out over the last couple of weeks, taking a look and criticizing those who would support the president on those fronts, uh, your analysis of it. And does it? I think uh, it's- do you buy it? Uh, no. If, if I were – if, if St. Paul were here, I think he would look at this entire debate and say it's silly and it's pointless. Uh, I mean the idea that the president should be impeached, if you read their article, he is, they're essentially – their case really is he should be impeached because he's a bad influence on Christianity. The reality is if Donald Trump is everything that Christianity Today claims, they should look in the mirror. And say, hey, we as, as parts of the shepherds of Christianity in America, how did we fall down on the job that such a near-to-well was able to take advantage of the church like this? It's a self-condemning piece. And then there were a lot of, I think, people that are really, uh, you know, I think uh, convicted and righteous in their faith that came to the defense of the president. And, but I think they need to look at some of the people that they signed that list with, like Apollo White who's this president's spiritual advisor, a complete heretic sham artist, probably ought to be in prison for shaking people down uh, for their finances with this fake prosperity gospel. We should have let my senator, Chuck Grassley, investigate all of those hacks about 15 years ago. And so I think Paul would probably look at each side of this debate and saying, you guys, he's just a a political candidate. In a few years, he's going to be gone one way or the other. Christianity remains. What are you doing for the integrity of the faith? This thing's a lot larger than Donald Trump or Barack Obama or even Nero, who was emperor when I was around. So I think this whole debate, Pedro, is indicative of, of just how the, the God of the Christian church in America, their God is too small. Aaron, I'm going to start with you this time.
2: You know, in many ways, this is the other side of the coin of what we ended that last segment talking about, Jim Baker Donald Trump, your support of Donald Trump is a test of, of your salvation. On the flip side of that, uh, you've got the people on, on Christianity today, uh, or on the other side of Christianity today, saying, uh, you know what, uh, Donald Trump is, uh, is, is indicative of, of Christianity. No, he's not. He's just a president. It's up to your own individual conscience what you actually make of voting for him or supporting, uh, of, you know, supporting him, why you support him. I don't think anybody can just apologize and whitewash the uh, public and open sins um, that Donald Trump has admitted himself he has not asked for forgiveness to. I think that's, that says – I think that there's a pretty, pretty firm uh, line in the sand there. But as far as supporting the person as, as anything uh, – as, as just a human shield either – it's just the other side of the of the coin of, of the Jim Bakers of the world. You are hyper spiritualizing a polit. You're a freaking employee, man. You're hyper spiritualizing your employee. If if Todd if, if Steve came in here uh, one day and. Man, I can't even think of a good example for this because I can't just—I just can't imagine Steve holding, you know, Todd or or, or myself yeah. well, up if he to went some full sort of Neil before Zod or something, that. Right, Neil before yeah. Zod, or um, you know, your your your, uh, your 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 performance is is indicative of 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 where my soul. I just can't imagine that, and yet that's what so many people, uh, you know, whether it's you're on the christianity today then you know orange man bad side or the cheeto jesus save side you're on the same side you are spiritualizing your freaking employee and don't do that
0: you're on the same side yep you guys are on the same side if you're in if you're in one of those camps you may not even realize it you're on the same side you're making the you're both making the exact same mistake you're just doing it from the other side of the coin. One is heads and the other tails. Todd, your it, thoughts? It's
1: some cheap grace nonsense. And in so doing, they are diminishing the very uh, democracy uh, that in other breaths, I hope they're talking about things like uh, religious uh, freedom and things like that. But listen, if, 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 we, we fought that guy hard before the election. It's part of never an, Trump because there were there were better choices, but we did not turn the man uh, into an idol and the proof was in the put. Hey, the man got elected now, okay? And short of high crimes and misdemeanors this is the president, just like Obama was the president before him. What you are encouraging, like th- th- this, is a, a a form of tyranny in your thinking, Christianity uh, today, where uh, democracy and the will of the people, on the one hand, uh, is 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 not something that you find uh, workable or respectable, and that there, in terms of your theology. Uh, There's a reason for that. We always talk about first things on this show because it helps make sense of the proper functioning of this republic if we can keep it. You seem to have lost sight of your theology, and thus it's not really a surprise that you've lost sight about the functioning of this government that you live under.
0: I wish both of you, that's very well said, and, and and you guys kind of inspired me to something I wished I would have said last week when they had me on. If, if Christianity Today's standard is someone has to be impeached because they're a bad influence on the church, Barack Obama tried to use the full coercive force and power of government to get Christians to defy their faith, to do things that God says is wrong. Murdering innocents, for example. And to do those things in spite of God, to obey the state instead, and argued this all the way to a 5 4 decision in the Hobby Lobby case at the US Supreme Court. What is, you, if the standard is impeach presidents who are a bad influence on the church, what is a worse influence than using the full coercive force and power of government to try to influence? nuns who have taken a 2,000-year chapter a vow of, of perpetual virginity and poverty, Christians who own corporations like Hobby Lobby, and saying, hey, you've got to use your conscience and your resources to do that which God says is wrong, or you will be punished for it as a second-class citizen in a free society. What, what, what is a worse influence than that? Do you, can, can you Can you think of one? I cannot no. think of one than that. See, that's my point. That in is, in that, both that's, cases. That is actively attempting Trump, if he's everything you're saying he is. And I think he actually is several of those things, frankly. I've been honest about that. I'll continue to be. He has simply, like any good opportunist, taken advantage of the state of the American church and used yes. it to his advantage. He's not influencing anything. He's capitalizing on it. Barack Obama was attempting to influence that. He was actively, again, trying to get you to change what you believe for him. Donald Trump is trying to take advantage of what you believe for his self-interest. Barack Obama was trying to change what you believe for his. Now that's a bad influence. One more clip. And I really think this thing could come down to say something like the weather. If we have a terrible snowstorm on February 3rd and a lot of older rural residents can't get to their caucuses, I think that impacts a Buttigieg and a Biden. But on those college campuses, which will all be in session, and I've only got to walk across the quad, Uh, at Grinnell College or at the University of Iowa in order to caucus. That could help candidates like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So I I would caution anybody nationwide on either side of the aisle from making any definitive statements about where this thing stands right now. As far as the president himself, what's his biggest challenge leading into the election? It's the biggest challenge. I don't think he has a big challenge per se, because all of his issues are known. And it really just comes down to this. All minds are made up about Donald Trump. And so at this point, it just comes down to is what I think about you, do I get a re- do I get a return on that investment? And so if the economy is doing as well a, a year from now as it is right now, if it's doing that well in November, he's going to win regardless of who the Democrats nominate. And if it's not, there's a reasonable chance he's going to lose regardless of whom the Democrats nominate. Fake news or not, Todd?
1: Oh, not fake news at all. Of course, uh, n- your y- the first part didn't stop us from predicting what we thought was going to happen yesterday but largely because it's fun and it makes but but you you need to be nimble uh you you need you need to uh you're not wrong in trying to read the tea leaves today about what's going to happen but we are Steve what a month out roughly from the caucus mm-hmm. february 3rd you, know, you, you you need to be it it ready to roll in a way that was not true even in one election cycle ago about uh ch- changing our mind and and going a different direction uh in your predictions because it's just it's just honest. Aaron?
2: Yeah, so this has been an unseasonably warm winter so far here in Iowa. Uh so the first part of that about the, the weather impacting things, we are due um unfortunately for something like that. So I could totally see I mean, it, it could be just uh, – it, it could be multiple rounds of something like this. You never know this time of the year, and uh, it looks like it could be trending that direction anyway. So definitely the weather, as we've talked about multiple times, does actually have an impact uh, big time on the outcome of the Iowa caucuses. The second part of this, true uh, as well, you know, um, barring, barring what the deep state – and I'm giving air quotes right now for people listening – barring what the deep state does – the analysis about the economy is, actually, is absolutely right on the money, but I have no confidence. It's not just the deep state as well, maybe the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, things like that. Maybe it's uh, a matter of just people maliciously selling off Wall Street a month before the election or two months before the election um, in order to, to, to try to tank the stock market. It could be a huh? number of things as well, but if there's food on the plate, people are going to jobs – it's going to be really, really difficult, as you said, regardless of who the Democrats nominate for them to actually be. You,
1: you keep mentioning fairly high brow, very consequential stuff. But the point I, I was trying to make and now I realize how I definitely want to make it is it has the news cycle in terms of social media and just the, the lowest possible hanging fruit ever been more consequent. I mean, we don't know what level of dumb is going to come out just tomorrow that could, based on what somebody says, totally shake up how the electorate perceives uh, their choices on the left. It's just, it's become that ridiculous.
0: I mean, it was about a year ago at this time that an actor I'd never heard of because I don't watch exactly. the show. Exactly, but I, 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 But I understand for other you know, sectors of the American culture, he was a, a kind of a big deal. And I mean, he was on Good Morning America with Robin Roberts giving a tear-filled interview about how some white guys in MAGA hats uh, essentially, targeted him for hate crime as a black homosexual, right? That would have, and been- the whole thing was simply engineered, right, in order to generate publicity. And he's still out walking the streets right now as we speak. And not, is, that, is that the kind of nut you're talking well, about? Yeah, not very long ago, that would have been a one-day news
1: story and people would have moved on to grown-up things. If that happens 10 days before the caucus, oh, I mean, I don't know. All bets are off.
0: I mean, I, I still believe a large reason why Donald Trump is president today, irony of ironies, is the letter that James Comey sent to the United States Congress a week yep. before the election. hmm I mean, Trump had come out of those debates in terrible shape, electorally, by every metric. And that letter that Comey said that they were reopening the investigation in Hillary's emails that he sent to the Congress kind of was like a last-ditch reminder of everybody: Hey, you may think this guy's nuts, but do, do, do not forget who Hillary Clinton is. And a whole bunch of people are like, "This speaks to yeah, your deep well, state on second stuff." Second thought: yesterday. Do I really want to do that? What is the deep state sitting yes. on? Yes. Yeah. What's the what's a reverse Comey letter right. like? Right? Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Hour two is next here, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Stay tuned. And greetings back with Hour Two, live and on demand. Not really all that much in demand, though. We're here because a few others wanted to be. This is the Steve Dace program on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. That would be me, Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here as well. Hour two of the show brought to you today by our friends over at Keeps, who want to say Happy New Year, or Happy New Hair, to you guys who used and discovered Keeps hair loss treatment in 2019. Uh, because you're well on your way to keeping the hair that you have. And listen up, 66% of men even experience hair regrowth when they use Keeps. Losing your hair sucks, so do something about it. Go to Keeps.com slash grow. That's Keeps.com slash grow because Keeps offers there the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there. And these generic versions are going to save you a bundle. So what are you waiting for? Because with Keeps, you can save your hair without ever leaving your couch. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair treatment for you. And it's shipped discreetly to your door. So here's the happy new hair new hair, new year deal I got for you. See what I did there? Go to Keeps.com slash grow. That's Keeps.com slash grow to get your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment for just 50% off. 50% off right now when you go to com slash grow. That's right. Half off your first order right now at Keeps.com slash grow. Well it's time. It's our first Pop Culture Tuesday of the year. This is where we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. Before we get to this week's topic, I want to preview next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about a show on Netflix that debuted on New Year's Day called Messiah. And I've, I've watched every episode of this. I've asked Todd and Aaron, at least one of them, preferably both, to get to watch this show before next Tuesday. I want to mention it to you in the audience now so as many of you as possible could watch it before next Tuesday because I I would love to know your thoughts. couple of things about the program. It is produced by Roma Downey and Mark Burnett, and they're the power couple that has done, uh, well, first of all, Mark Burnett's one of the most successful television producers ever, some of you may know him from his shows, from shows like Survivor, for example. But him and his wife Roma Downey have done a lot of Christian-oriented programming in recent years, including the highly-rated, decorated, award-winning Bible uh, miniseries from a couple of years ago. All right, they, they have produced this show. You need to also know it's it's rated TV MA and it's it's mainly rated tv ma cuz there's like at least one f bomb in every episode it's it's not violent um i i think there's one sex scene in the in the in the 10 episodes but and i hate to go with a sliding scale on the based it would be like the kind of sex scene that was like on you know like dallas when we were kids. <laughs> okay. I mean, they go, he walks, Pamela's in a towel. Uh-oh. Yeah. He, he walks into the hotel room. Um, it, it, you know, you know what's about to happen. And then they wake up, you know, with the sheets up to their necks, basically. Okay. I, that's kind of what it is. Although it may be more than that because, um, um, Noah came into the room right when that episode was on and, and I, we fast forwarded through it. So there might be more, but that's, that's like all we saw of it. It was, it looked pretty, uh, tame by what we are, I mean, if you've walked by the Victoria's secret mall at your store, uh, at your mall recently, um, you have, uh, you've seen more than what was in this scene. Okay. Um, so F bomb usage, at least once or twice per episode, I think is why it's TVMA. having watched every episode, the premise of the show is what ha- would happen if a messianic figure arrived on the world stage now in this day and uh, this day and age, And the the tagline of the show is, is he trying to con you or convert you? Who is this figure? Now, I'm going to tell you in advance without spoiling anything, because by the way, the, the show doesn't answer a lot of these big questions. It clearly sets it up on a cliffhanger for a season two, right? I'm going to tell you that my theory going in And I started to develop this about episode three and four. And then as we got further into the show, I absolutely, and then I shared it with Amy, my wife, and she was like, yeah, I think I was kind of thinking the same thing. I think you're right on the money. I think the show is actually about the antichrist. And it's very cleverly done. If it's not about the antichrist, Uh uh-oh, then that, because it's promoting one then. Okay and, and and if it wasn't produced by Roma Downey and Mark Burnett this film is very savvy it it makes the right theological references and it does it from an evangelical's perspective catholic the president is LDS in the in the show um it, it, the, the Islamic world is heavily featured okay i mean this this show's clever it it knows the the nomenclature it knows the lingo okay it knows the references um it, um, it it uses approved visual graphics from Fox, ABC, all the major news organizations. You got to get permission to use those. Okay, this is highly produced, highly. This is not, you know, wh- wh- I love Kurt Cameron. He's been a, he's been a boost to me in my career. Gave me one of the best endorsements I've gotten in my career. All right. And I've helped promote his content whenever I've had the opportunity to. But this is not a left behind movie from 10 cloud pictures. All right. In terms of its production value. This is, this is, this is primetime American television worthy and well done. Okay. And the production value, it's far better than they had in any Nikolai Carpathia flicks. This is legit. So, If it wasn't produced by Roma Downey and Mark Burnett, I would automatically assume this is promoting an antichristical character on purpose. Okay? I'm only leaving open the possibility that it is warning us about one because they're the producers. Does that make sense? Totally, yeah. But I'm still open because, you know, we still believe in total depravity around here. I am still open to the potential that they're scamming us. Now, one of our show buddies, Billy Hallowell, used to work here at The Blaze, now with uh, Pure Flix. He's close to them. He knows that couple really well. And so that's why I I looked him up on Twitter over the the weekend. I'm like, dude, is this on your radar? Have you watched this yet? And he was just about to start watching it this week. And so I, and I told him, you know, in public, my theory is the show is really about the Antichrist or they're promoting one. And he's like, I'm I'm really anxious to watch it now, and and knowing Roma and Mark as I do, Billy's like I cannot believe it's the latter. All right, so that's why I want as many of you that that are willing to. I understand the subject matter. You're like I, I just, just don't want to go down that road. Cool, but those of you you know. Um, this is the ultimate intersection between pop culture and conservatism. As a show like this, I mean, Netflix is running this at the same time. It's running "Jesus is a Homosexual for Christmas," right? I mean, to me, this is this content is why we started doing this segment on the show a few years ago. And I'm guessing a far a far greater amount of people are going to watch an episode or two of this show than are going to do the Bible in 90 days this year. So I I am absolutely interested in what what messages are being conveyed here. This show is very savvy. It addresses contemporary issues like immigration, abortion, etc., American foreign policy. All right? So this show is either warning us about an antichrist or it is promoting one, in my view. And I don't think there's a middle ground. I don't. That's why I'm promoting now that we're going to talk about this show next week spoiler warning in advance. I'll give you another one next week, but I wanted to give you guys that in the audience that haven't seen this show yet as much of an opportunity to at least get immersed in it before we start talking about it next week. And, and I wanted to promote it now because I mentioned this to you guys off the air, but I wanted to reinforce how important it is. I think that we have a serious conversation about this show next week. Okay. Amen. All right. You guys okay with that? Absolutely. All right. So let's get to what the rest of this week's Pop Culture Tuesday is going to be about. And that's Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which brings to an end the Skywalker saga. Now, if you are one of the few, the proud, those who have not yet seen this movie, right, you're spoiler warning to a count of three. Three, two, one. All right, if you're still here, then I assume that you're either fine being spoiled or you've already seen the movie, but there's probably no way we can have a conversation about this without spoiling something because the movie is meant to wrap up plot holes and loose ends that were first introduced in the force awakens back in 2015. This is again, supposedly the end of the Skywalker saga. Although if you look at what the last shot of the film is, uh, which I'm sure will come up at some point in our conversation, I doubt that it may be the last the end of the Skywalker saga as we have known it since George Lucas introduced us to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away back in 1977. May 15th, 1977 is when Star Wars was released for the first time. This reinvented American movie making. A lot of the special effects, CGI you see today, blue screens, green screens, came out of Star Wars. Um, The idea of making franchises and trilogies merchandising, um, ancillary books, TV shows um, that spawn off of this subject matter. All of this originated with Star Wars. It is arguably the most successful entity in American pop culture history. It's it's certainly in the conversation. And even if you go to a website like Box Office Mojo, for example, and you uh, get the adjusted for inflation numbers, you're going to see every Star Wars movie is in like the top 20 25 highest grossing films of all time. And and why do you want to adjust it for inflation? Because when people went and saw Wizard of Oz in 1938 it was a nickel to get in, not 10.50 like it is now, right? And when people went and saw Star Wars in 1977, it was a dollar to get in, not 10.50 now. And by the way, Star Wars even changed the way the theaters operated. It used to be you just go see a ticket to a movie and go see it as many times as you want. That day, if you wanted to stick around and see it two or three times, you could. But people, because very few people were going to do that. And a lot of the event films were three, four hours and had intermissions like Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments and stuff like that, right? And so those were full day events. When you went to the theater, you were going to be there the whole day. The idea that you're like, run it back. You're not going to do that. All right? Star Wars was one of the few, the first times that people were like, you weren't going to sit through The Exorcist twice. You're going to be like, you know what? I really want to see that Captain Howdy figure again tonight. No, you weren't. You are going to go go home and find a hymnal after seeing that movie is what you were going to do. All right? Star Wars is like the first time people were like, uh, I'm, I'm here. Let's, let's run it back. I'm here. Let's do this one again. And so they had to like change theater policies because people were going and buying a ticket, going to the early matinee and just staying all day and seeing it two, three times a day. So if we had the theater policies now, where it's one ticket per, per showing back in 1977, who knows how much more money the film would have even made back then, right? So there is no denying its influence. And now it is merged with the greatest producer of pop culture in American history, Disney. And I think all of us, when this announcement was a 2012, 2013, is when this merger, when Disney acquired it, Lucasfilm, I think we all thought, wow, there's no way this won't be successful given Disney's track record and given that there's there's about 90 minutes of really good filmmaking in Revenge of the Sith and that's really only the only really 90 minutes of good filmmaking in the entire Star Wars prequel trilogy. We were like, our salvation is nigh, right? Is that what you thought? More or less, yeah. That's what I thought, Aaron. Didn't you think that at the time? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Did it turn out that way? No. 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 And before we get to the bigger picture, let's just talk about this movie in particular. All right. Because because the big picture conversation is gonna is gonna overshadow. We'll never get to the movie if we don't do it right now. So the movie itself, Todd, I'll start with you because I think everybody knows where you're at. You thought what going in, what while it was going on, and what coming out.
1: I thought <clears throat> that so much was broken because of the Last Jedi that this thing, no matter how much fan service you did, you could not save this. I I, I called it maybe a salvaging, is possible, uh, and I, yeah, you know, I was right. Uh, this was beyond repair. More and, and stories are coming out now that even more so than any of us uh, thought in terms of the. The level of self assassination that was being committed by Kennedy and others, all the way through, the, the and JJ, while frustrated by, uh, submitted to. Listen, I was very very frustrated with the Last Jedi. Angry. Now, irritated. are you talking about
0: the Reddit post? Uh, because that that same Reddit post that's making the rounds about Disney sabotaging this <clears throat> also says that JJ was going to make Finn and Poe oh, lovers oh, it's all bad along in every direction and and you know what that cuz here's my theory on that reddit post that's um people close to JJ or JJ himself trying to make sure sh- shore up his his left flank social justice warrior street cred and uh, oh. on, on the way out the door, and retcon this. Oh, I can believe all of it because yeah. if it, whatever you think of Ryan, what Ryan Johnson did, if you want to end Star Wars forever, let's just say that that Reddit post is true, and and JJ wanted to make them Finn and Poe love, gay lovers, and Disney said no way. If if you want to, if you really wanted to end Star Wars forever, making Finn and Poe gay lovers yeah. would have done it. Oh, yeah. Faster than you can say, you say people going to die? Yeah, Jar Jar, a whole damn franchise. That would have done it. All right, you'd have, you'd, have, you'd have alienated more than half of the viewership in this in this country. You would have closed off every foreign market except Western Europe, including China. Yeah. Okay, that would have absolutely nuked kamikazed this faster so you he, could say Yamamoto.
1: He's trying to have his cake and eat it too, right? And that, so I, I right. totally agree on that. So, anyways, but my frustrations with the last Jedi, still at the end of that movie at the last Jedi, th- there are some downs. But at, when you have Luke and the Adats and that going on there i'm excited again and i'm interested so I, there are many points where i'm very interested in that movie i i was bored out of my mind at the rise of skywalker i mean shifting in my seat just like you're not even i knew in the first 15 minutes with what they set up with the empire that this the emperor that this was just incredibly lazy fan service and to me it was all the way through and now i'm just glad it's done. I mean, we'll have our fun here. We'll talk about it. But honestly, this, this is a sick old dog that needed to be put down.
0: Aaron, what did you think going in? What did you think while you were in it? And what did you think coming out of it?
2: Well, I thought going in, man, that was a great final episode of The Mandalorian. And then during the show, I thought, man, when is the next episode of The Mandalorian coming out? And then as I exited <laughs> the show, I thought, man, I could really watch The Mandalorian one, one more time. The Mandalorian is epic. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But seriously, going into this, I was like, you know what, if I'm going in with an open mind, you know, I'm, I don't know how you can completely retcon that movie, the, the atrocity of a, of a sequel that was The Last Jedi. I'm not sure how you can retcon that. But if there's anybody who can at least do a serviceable <clears throat> job, it's going to be J.J. Abrams. So I'm like, I'm going to go in here. Um high aspirations, low expectations, the opening crawl and I was i i i i <laughs> I, I, I had I had kind of gotten wind of what the plot may be, thanks to some leaks, and the first three words on the crawl confirmed that to me, and I literally face palmed in the theater. the dead speak, and I'm like uh no. But then, after the movie was over, you know, I was thinking, <laughs> Ryan Johnson completely completely disintegrated the, the big bad in yeah. this, that, that was supposed to be in this the- So what else, what else is J.J. Abrams supposed to do? So I watched the entire movie, and I will say there were some parts that were really, really cool. Probably my two favorite parts of the movie were the scene, was the scene where Leia passes away, and R2D2 is by her bedside and it's it's stunning and it I mean I this is not my generation's um movie by any stretch of the imagination it's it's you guys's but even I got you know um, there's somebody in front of me cutting onions a little bit because the the visual there you know the first kind of of the main characters of Star Wars in episode uh in episode uh what would have been episode uh, four yeah episode mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. um where the, the, the main characters you see Leia stooping down to R two, saying uh, you, w- with a message for Be- uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, and then the final visual of, of those two is R two D two still there, you know standing by uh, Leia who has passed away. Great great visual. I love that part. The other the other favorite part of this movie. I'm not saying this to be ironic or to be anything like that. I'm saying this because it was the most original, and I mean original in the, the real, real sense of the world. The, the, the most original part, I believe, of the, 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 the new trilogy was at the very, very end of the movie where Ray has her own lightsaber now for the first time, and it's not blue, it's not green, it's not red, it's not purple, but it's yellow. That's new. That's original. That shows that she's different that, that that this is this is going a different direction now. It maybe, you know, an original direction at the very at the very um, um least. So overall, as I was walking out of there I'm like, you know, there was some great fan service. Um it was good. I had already heard from multiple people that it gets better on the second viewing, but my bar is so high now with, uh, with, with the Avengers and with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's unfair almost to other movies to hold them to that standard, mm-hmm. but my bar is so high there, I'm like, you know, I, I got nothing. Um, the only thing that I could, could think of was, and, and, you, and I said this to you as well, I, I really don't like Ryan Johnson. I, he messed this whole thing up and and you will you will remind us that it's really Kathleen Kennedy Townsend or mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy what, whatever the the person running Star Wars for Disney it, it's her fault for not actually giving some some direction kind of penning in JJ Abrams and Ryan Johnson but really if Ryan Johnson was interested in making a good sequel of making a coherent Star Wars new trilogy he would have done what it would have taken to actually you know ha- ha- present a cogent story arc do what he would have had instead he just wanted to make his movie which is why I was still mad at him just because that is and, and he came out uh, afterwards and you know I, I should say before this last movie before the rise of Skywalker saying something to the effect of um, I don't believe in servicing fans we will put out there what we want to and you will enjoy it something akin to that and so I just I have a disdain for the guy and so my my final reaction to this was... Meh. Dis- disappointed, but wasn't as bad as it could have been. So, everything you said about the Mandalorian
0: is right, and the last three episodes of that show are bananas, bonkers. Okay, I mean, I mean, it's just it's it's, I mean it's it's prime rib night. That show, it's great, and everybody that's in charge of that show, John Favreau who also did one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, Elf, and launched the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Dave Filoni, or Filoni, who has run the, the Star Wars animated universe, handpicked by George Lucas, the, the Clone Wars shows and Star Wars Rebels, they are overseeing that show. They should be put in charge of the larger universe and, and, you know by the end of the next commercial break, in my opinion. We'll get to the bigger picture stuff in a moment, though. As for this movie, I had all the same reactions in the middle of it, and after it was over that you had. When I saw that, the angle they were going with with the emperor and how flimsy they explained his return, um, I sat here like this with, uh, with my elbow up, my face in my, in my hands, sitting in a rather pricey IMAX seat for the very first showing, by the way, with my son, okay? And I sat like that, except when I had to switch hands because one elbow started to hurt for pretty much two hours in a row. Yep. Because I I just thought, this is the best they could come up with, this. And that's how I felt, by the way, the first time I saw The Force Awakens. I I felt very similar to that, remember? I, I walked out of there and I was like, we just, we're just going to re-rack this. You know, they just took Han Solo and divided him up between Poe and Finn. Luke is a chick now on a desert world with a questionable lineage. Right? Yeah. And how does he have these strange abilities that he can't master? Right? Right. Yeah. Right? You know? I mean, it's the same story. Han Solo's now Obi-Wan. He's the, you know, the grifter that um is the connection to the past, right? I mean, it's the same story. All right. The, the 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 temptation and fall of a skywalker, it's the same exact story. Everything's the same. And so I felt that way coming out of Force Awakens. That this this does nothing to advance the the story arc at all. Now, when I've seen The Force Awakens and repeated viewings and my, my disappointment with the larger narrative has, has already been confronted. We've already, I've already gone through that, right? I can't get disappointed again. Then I really enjoy The Force Awakens now for some of its cleverness, some of its writing, um, and it's a very enjoyable movie. I wondered if I was going to have the same reaction about The Rise of Skywalker because the same person made both of these films, J.J. Abrams. And so I, I was anxious to go see it a second time. And I have to tell you, seeing it the second time, I, I enjoyed it immensely. All of my larger arguments are still, problems are still there. But I didn't even enjoy the fan service moments at all because I was so despondent that this was the best they could come up with uh, after, after, after the mess Ryan Johnson left them. And again, if you don't know, I love Ryan Johnson's film. I think it's a great film. I think it's a bad Star Wars movie. And is not a, it's a terrible sequel to The Force Awakens. It, it took every trope that J.J. introduced, it squashed it, and then left him with no launching off point. But if you go watch all three of these new movies, and if you look at just the look, feel, writing, The, the Last Jedi is clearly superior to the other two movies. I, don't, I mean, I I'm like, like way better from a piece of filmmaking standpoint. It's just, it, 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 Aaron is correct. Ryan Johnson was interested in doing his movie. And he was interested in, in doing what he wanted to do to the Star Wars universe and, and d- drive it into the direction he wanted it to go. And no one was there to tell him no. This movie in no way, shape, or form, other than certain characters are dead now, it, this isn't a sequel to The Last Jedi at all. It go from the, This is a sequel to The Force Awakens. I mean, and it goes out of its way. I mean, early in the film, when Finn, when, when Finn walks up to Rose, Rose, you getting on board the Millennium Falcon? And he puts his hand on her shoulder like, hey, buddy, old pal. Weren't they supposed to be like an item? Wasn't that the love interest that Ryan Johnson introduced? Nope. J.J. Abrams said, like Dikembe Motumbo waving a finger in the lane. Get that out of here. We're not doing that. That's out. I mean, when, when, when she goes back to Act Hall and throws the, the saber into the fire because she's so despondent to find out she's a Palpatine, and the hand comes out of the flame and it's Luke Skywalker, and his opening line when he walks out is, a Jedi's weapon is to be respected. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to tell us afterwards, what well, that really was. Chris Terrio, who wrote the movie with J.J. Abrams, trying to tell us that really wasn't a shot at, at the last Jedi. Of course it was. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. That's, a, that's the only reason to say that and have him be the one that says it. Okay? I mean, there, there are so many other things in this movie that are clear rebukes. Clear rebukes. I mean, they 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 dug up Ryan Johnson's bones, and they burned him just to make sure they got him. That's what this movie does. And there's and, and there are some cool things I missed. I've seen it a third time. Really enjoyed it again the third time. You know when 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 Kylo Ren is redeemed and becomes Ben Solo, and they he gets he and Ray sends her sends him one of his light one of her lightsabers. He, I totally missed it because I, because I sat there for two hours. believing I cannot believe they just completely blew this. I can't believe it. I'm, I was just despondent, All right? And then, but, um, and he does the little Han Solo shrug. I totally missed that the first time. Okay, and then the, and then I think the best scene in the movie is actually one of the, is the best scene in any of these movies, and it's when they're out there on the barge and Ray has essentially saved him and he's trying to ponder where he goes next and he hears the voice hey kid and it's Han behind him and they essentially redeem the scene where he kills his dad and The Force Awakens I think that's like the best scene in the whole movie okay so there's some really good fan service elements in this movie and I do think you'll enjoy it more if you see it again but that leads us to a conversation about the big picture and where this goes wrong and how do you blow this And pop culture tells us a lot about where we're at as a culture. We'll get to that here in a moment. And we are back here for our final segment on a Tuesday. It is a pop culture Tuesday here on the Steve day show here on blaze TV radio and podcast. Todd and Aaron, Let's let's now talk the bigger picture. We each gave our reviews of the film, and on first viewing, I, I wholeheartedly agreed with you, uh, but I had similar thoughts about the first, uh, the, the Force Awakens on first viewing. I, I did immensely enjoy it from a fan servicing perspective. The the next two times that I saw it, and and the and one of the things I was the most concerned about was Billy D Williams because he's no spring chicken, man. Like don't I don't 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 ruin the original gangster. Okay. Like, I want to remember him in his prime. If you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if if I don't believe Lando Calrissian at any moment could break the fourth wall and offer me some King Cobra, then that ain't Lando Calrissian. You know what I'm saying?
1: And you think he pulled it off?
0: I do think he pulled it off, man. I thought he was pretty smooth.
1: Oh, he's still smooth. the yeah. Billy D the man? But yeah. Like really? I, could,
0: I could see him offering me some eight ball, like right in the middle of it. They just you know? go fulfill the dreams
1: you build it and they will come at the end. That's, uh, it was not, that's not, Bill, that's not Lando Calrissian.
0: Well, you know why? Because that's his daughter. But and that was, that was, another, that, that was filmed. I don't care. That's the point. And then they took it out no one knows why. I got, all
1: okay? this stuff we're supposed to know through know. the Feng Shui of Star Wars. I know. By if we read the and
0: right blog, you know. know this. I hate it. And so I'm with you, Okay. And this gets to the larger picture here. How, how does something like this, which you have to understand when Lucas, when Lucas made these films, he was a cynical hippie coming out of the 60s, like a lot of people in his generation were. He had gone through Watergate, the assassinations of JFK, RFK, MLK. Um, he went, you know, he went and made American graffiti trying to get back to a time period when in his early childhood in the 50s when when things, were, when, he, when things were more unified under Ike and teenage angst was not you know existential like we view it today. And, and he wanted to tap back into that. And that movie was an enormous success. That is what gave him the chance to do Star Wars. And so he originally wanted to do Flash Gordon. He went to go see those serials as a child, couldn't get the rights to do it. And so he said, I'll just make my own. And the point of this was to, again, rally around unifying themes, you know, a culture that was standing in gas lines and looking at people with suspicion based on how big was your Afro or whether you had one or not. OK, um, and he's, he's trying to bring, you know, people together around unifying themes. And, and so you need a villain that everybody agrees is bad. Okay? And so the, you know, that's why they're called stormtroopers, the empire, it's why they wear those uniforms. They're meant to be uh, Nazi caricatures. All right? So, a time when we all agreed who the bad guys were cuz even back then people were like, well, maybe the Soviet Union has a point, you know? I mean, so he was he, the whole point of this was unification of of, of and and it, that's why it was so resoundingly successful. Now you get to his prequel trilogy, he decides, you know, he's made his money, he wants to score, he wants to write some political points now, and that's where we get Lot Dodd and Newt Gunray and only a Sith deals in absolutes, and those movies were panned even by a lot of Star Wars fans that even agree with some of his ideology. And now, so you have Disney pick this up, and who knows better unifying pop culture than the, 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 they're the Acme, company of doing this, man. Right? they've been doing it for a century, right? Yeah. I mean, Walt Disney literally like uh pop culture for dummies written by Walt Disney. I mean, that's, this is who they are. It's in their DNA. So we're all thinking they're going to do what? We're going to go back to what it used to be like. Okay. When everybody agreed, like chicks are like burning their bras and we're like, Yoda's so cute. I mean, I, we're going to go back to that, right? Right. How then did we not go back to this, and and I think it it has the potential to tell us a larger story about where we're at culturally. Did they not know their audience? Are we not the audience that we used to be? Where, forget the process part. We've we've had those conversations. The corporate mistake they made was was Kathleen Kennedy Townsend not being a Kevin Feige. Or, or hiring one that kept everybody in line, that had a larger narrative. We've had all those conversations, right? Why would a company like Disney, though, not do that? I mean, they, they purchased this in 2012. The Force Awakens didn't come out for three more years. They had, they had plenty of time to do this. You know, Warner Brothers right now has made so much money off of Superman all of our lives. They can't figure out what to do with a new Superman movie. How is it hard I think this is the same conversation. How is it hard to figure out how to make money off of something that's been making money since 1939? Similarly, how is it hard to make money off of something that's been printing it since 1977? Why, why did, where do you think this went wrong? What, 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 what misread did Disney make here that led to this becoming now something that was meant to be so unifying and for so many years for so many Americans was, has now become a place of division where people are literally killing themselves on social media over this right now. What went wrong?
1: I would have, I can't entertain this as being accidental, even though I'm sure I've thrown it out in terms of not knowing your source material. I've said, I've said that out loud, but I, you, everything you just said is, is said in the shadow of, the Avengers run and before that the Christopher Nolan Batman run and before that the Lord of the Rings run this is this is more than doable Disney or no Disney Mm -hmm. which means this it's not accidental I agree it's intentional I agree it's and to, to have
0: the first movie be and the meaning that there's been too many success stories before them and they've even been a part of some of these success stories. They could not have been ignorant. Is that what you're that's what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. So that, that's why I said they misread something. What did they misread? Well, to,
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's a misreading. I I think they 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 genuinely are made uncomfortable and hate the things of the original Star Wars. I don't, you, 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 Luke, what they did to Luke Skywalker and his father, that story is meaningless now. And I'm, I'm actually really happy that y- I was hoping to have a, I am happy for what you have. You, you can still find joy in that. I, I'm angry. I'm just, dis- you're it. where I was at with I, Justice. I hate it. I, I get
0: it. I, get I hate it. it. I get and it. they
1: intentionally decided that the hero's journey uh, was for a bunch of old squares. And that they were going to progressive this thing. It's it's entirely woke. Um, and everybody's t- – no one gets it out. J.J. doesn't get it out. They're all to blame. You can't have a movie called The Force Awakens and not have Luke Skywalker as the guy who's part and parcel of whatever the awakening means. Luke Skywalker – was an old drunk on a curb in the last jedi that's all he was and then in the next movie to retcon it i was wrong literally that's what he's I, it's so it's so preposterously broken that multiple people involved decided in different ways jj decided in a different way than ryan did but that the, it is it is um it's um kylo the past is dead. Throw it out. I and mean, that's the most honest part about this whole thing. They don't. Star Wars is a great thing, a so, vehicle to make money, but they, they it's a little too squeaky clean behind the ears. How
0: is it then the same? Disney hasn't turned Snow White into a transvestite. Yeah. Oh, Disney didn't. Well, maybe that'll come. I don't know. Okay. But, you know, they've actually just done reboots of all of their cherished properties. They've made them live action in the last few years. They're doing Milan's the next one. And they have been beyond, in fact, what's the number one criticism of all of these films? What's been the number one? Well, these are just the same movies that were animated, yeah. just live action. I mean, they they, I mean, they have towed the line to the syllable. We got one guy, played by Josh Gad, in Beauty and the Beast, who thought for a second, or no, no, it was the other guys that were in that movie, right, for 10 seconds... That thought. Well, maybe we like women's clothing, right? We did. There were like six months of conservative yeah. media, and we did some of that too. Content freak out over that, and it was just ten seconds of a throwaway line, right? Okay. Right. So these are. I mean, this is an entity that has been beyond safe. Why, if, if if that's your theory, then why do you think with this? Then after they paid four billion dollars for this, far more than they paid for the rights to um those great fairy tales well, 800 years ago right after they paid 4 billion dollars for this why do you think then they they weren't as honoring of the source material and let it go down and let it go uh, astray then well, when they don't do it with their other properties
1: well this thing still made a ton of money and it was going to make a ton of money sure. no matter what so that's Uh, part of it. Also, I think this it's
0: but it's not about just making money if this wasn't the plan was to make one of these movies every year. We were going to get either a a saga Mm -hmm. movie every other year and then every other year an individual movie, right? They had Boba Fett movies Obi-Wan movie in the pipeline, right? All that's gone now. Because of how divisive this has become, and they even said we're not even sure what's coming next. We're going to wait and see what the reaction of this is, and kind of decide. And but and, and that's at least three years away. as the next movie is in twenty twenty two? So clearly, it's not just about making money. They have they have been dinged by by yeah, what yeah. they've done here. What what? Why did they do that then? Because they're progressives. This is this. Is... Then why don't they do? Why they do it with the Lion King?
1: Well, listen. Prog- not every progressive has the courage of. Uh, we just got done talking about Gervais to just that it's just, I mean, it's lazy. It's been lazy. It's been silly. It's been dumb. Um, But yet the fact that they didn't have the courage to just go, come out and go uh, full on uh, uh, bromance is not necessarily indicative. I mean, there's a lot of progressives they were, they kind of just rely on the mob mentality and I, I just think this is this is ultimately another victory for progressivism where it 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 chips away bit by bit in a way that it knows it can get away with because even look at you, you, they dominate so many sections of the culture. They dominate Hollywood. They know but this you still haven't answer the money. question
0: of I, why they did I, I don't it with have this, the answer, but, but, but they
2: don't do it with their 175 other properties. It's because that, that content is already there. That story is already written, so just copy it over, do a different version of it. I mean, that with, with Star Wars, you're trying to come up with something new and original while still respecting the source material. To me... To me, this is just another hallmark of progressivism, that this is just iconoclasm in just a different form. This is the God of the New Testament is different than the God of the Old Testament. This is the Constitution is a living, breathing document. This is is what they do. This is the United Methodist splitting. Yes, they cannot respect the past. And I'm going to say something now that I think for for sure is, is, is absolutely true. If Star Wars... Hadn't been made in the 1980s, but it had instead been made in the 1950s, the 19, you know middle of the 1940s. Somehow, some way, that's not possible with technology back then, but just play along for a little bit. And some young enterprising, uh, jaded uh, young producer, director named George Lucas was asked and tabbed with with recreating 30 years later, recreating and continuing on this beloved story from 30 years ago. George Lucas would have done the same thing. I believe that we just saw between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams because that's just that's 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 how progressivism in its many forms that's how it operates. It cannot. It cannot like the new Zach on the
0: new say by the Bell is a is it, is a is a girl
2: pretending to be a guy it, or whatever. It can't even with the things of the past mm-hmm. if those things are good. It just can't even, and so it has to it has to destroy them somehow. So.
0: I don't necessarily disagree with you. The reason why I'm pushing back on you, though, is if we're going to posit this theory, we have to answer why it was done with this when it hasn't been done with so many of their other franchises. And I think Aaron has has kind of begun to touch on a potential answer. There is a freedom in this universe that you may think you have because we're dealing with other worlds and races and 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 technologies mm-hmm. that are constantly evolving. So I have a freedom here to to put my thumb on the scale that I don't have with Cinderella. That I that I don't have with um The Lion King. Because there's centuries of history behind these stories that are touchstones in various embedded cultures that I have to reach. You see where I'm I'm trying to go? But it's similar to how Star Trek in the sixties, Roddenberry felt like he had more freedom to explore certain progressive themes because this was set in a distant future or in a distant galaxy um, and, and and so therefore people would not feel as instantly offended or immediately put their 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 hands up and say hey that's nuts i don't want to you know you're already tuning into a show every night on cbs about a about a you know a a, a giant saucer ship called the enterprise that goes warp speed you've already agreed to some extent suspend some form of re, of of, of cur- current reality right mm-hmm. you've, you've you've done that you've paid that toll on the way onto the on the under the, the roadway and i think that maybe there was the thinking that there was more freedom here because you have a similar genre that i've already listened to little green men our master jedis and a guy in a mask um you know and um is the villain and then he takes his mask off and he's basically scarred to death and he's uh, he's he's not even he's barely alive you, you know what I mean? i've i've already agreed to some extent here that this is operating on a different ethical in a different ethos and therefore i have a freedom to maybe um push envelopes and do things that when i when i'm grabbing a story set in an era that we all know didn't exemplify those values and it is originates from that era and and the cultures of that era still exist. If I do that, people are going to say i'm not I'm not going to that i'm not I'm not going to a movie where Cinderella suddenly decides that you know um she's the, the patriarchy must be destroyed i'm not i'm not it's not you're welcome to make that movie, but it's not Cinderella. I think Harry Potter's prequel trilogy is having this problem right now, okay where people are like this is you're you're you know so Dumbledore's gay and his gay lovers, the villain, why are we finding this out? Yeah. I'm I'm at the point
2: as a, as a diehard Harry Potter fan, my wife and I bought matching Harry Potter pajamas and wore them on Christmas. I'm just pretending that this prequel thing doesn't even exist.
0: Yeah. And you know, you mentioned, why do we have to go buy visual dictionaries to find out what the Knights of Ren's names are? I mean, we had to wait three years before between star Wars movies as kids. Right. And the idea that we had to go read books to 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 know what the movies were about—no way, we knew what they were about. You know, the books that came out between movies kind of advanced the story, but the idea that you don't know that that Janna is Lando Calrissian's daughter until you go buy the visual dictionary from Lucasfilm and it tells you that. That by that opening planet that that Kylo is on is Mustafar. That's Darth Vader's planet. I had no idea. And yeah. what they're and they're and they're actually having to go. There's a cult of Vader that has taken over the world and won't surrender to the First Order. The entire First Order is invading this planet, including General Hux and Pride. They're like leading the armada because the movie makes you think that like Kylo's just down there by himself losing his poop on these guys. You're no, this is a, right this is a massive invasion. And 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 they're and they've got to and and this wave rider they need to go find the Sith homeworld is in the ruins of Vader's shri- Vader's shrine that you saw in the in in the in the Rogue One movie, right? When they go to Mustafar to visit Vader and that's his. It's in the ruins of his of his fortress of solitude that and that's where he gets the mask and everything else. Wouldn't that have been cool to know? A little bit, probably. yeah. There's a by the way, I could do a whole show of stuff they didn't tell you in the movie that's in the visual dictionary. Officially affirmed by Lucasfilm. We didn't have to do stuff like that. We didn't have to learn that Yoda was, und- that Yoda was, we didn't, we didn't know how to learn any of that stuff. Why, why is it being managed this way? And I do think there is, there, there was this notion that we can be, we can be more iconoclastic now with this, in this world, than we can chronically in the old world. And I think that's ultimately what made this so divisive. And now they're in a no man's land. You know, they put a lesbian kiss scene at the end. No one's pleased. You know, the, the, the rainbow jihad's not pleased. And you've got to explain to your kids why these two chicks are kissing at the end of the movie. No one's pleased. And that's why it's become divisive. Is they thought they could dip their toes in the water, maybe go into the wading pool of leftism. And then they that's, saw the blowback. And now no one is happy. That's progressivism. And that's they're what it does. They're never happy. Yeah. We said, I think we, I think we, we solved it. The overtime is next for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow. Until then, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio
2: Network.